Bonnie Estes, your host for Fresh Takes on Tech. Welcome to our new season. This season, we are focusing on nutrition and the various ways produce play an important role. With back to school on everyone's mind right now, we are talking today to Fred Espinosa of the San Diego Unified School District and Janelle Manzano, Farm to School Program Specialist at the Food and Nutrition Services Department. The San Diego District has one of the best farm to school programs in the country, and not just because they are located in Southern California. This district has worked very hard over the years to prioritize fresh produce, supporting local growers, empowering students to choose their own produce choices, and teaching students where their food comes from. So welcome, Fred and Janelle, and thanks for taking time to talk to me at such a busy time. You're welcome. Hello, Bonnie. Thank you for having us today. Thanks, Bonnie. Sure. So, Fred, let's talk with you. Um, Let's start with some background on you and also the San Diego Unified School District's meal program. Okay. Um, Well, I've been with San Diego Unified for about 12 years now. I actually started as an hourly employee, and I'm currently the Director of Food and Nutrition Services. Uh, My background is in hotels, restaurants. Um, I was a executive chef most of my life till I came to San Diego Unified. Didn't know much about school food at all other than my children went through San Diego Unified and I was so busy being a chef I, I didn't know what they were doing on the food side when they were at school. But um, I've learned a lot in the last 12 years. My background as as a chef and not really knowing a lot about school food has proved to be, be very beneficial um, for us. Uh, for me. So I've uh, I've found this job um, so rewarding, the mission of what we do, feeding the future of our country, uh, healthy fruits and vegetables, proteins, dairy, and grains is just um, so rewarding, I, I would have never imagined. Um, as far as San Diego Unified, our school district, who me and Janelle work for, we're the second largest school district in California, uh, right behind Los Angeles. Uh, We have 100,000 students approximately this year. We have over 200 schools that we supervise spread across a very large geographic area in San Diego County. Uh, We have about 1,400 employees who help us serve the children of San Diego Unified. Uh, Pre-pandemic and as we work to build back better, actually starting last Monday was the first day of school, uh, we serve approximately 50,000 breakfasts a day, 70,000 lunches a day, about 15,000 suppers. We have 30 different menus that we feed children, uh, that we use to feed children. And we do anywhere from five to 700 uh, special diets a day. Um, so that's a little bit about the district. Tell us about your commitment to offering students a wide variety of fresh fruits and veggies every day. How are you working with produce? Yes. Well, we, you know, we really believe in, um, Janelle can talk a bit, a little, talk about it a little bit, but we believe in serving the rainbow. We believe in educating, uh, children that it takes, uh, good food to fuel their bodies. Fruits and vegetables are two of the five components we serve. And we have a big focus on fruits and vegetables. Um, we decided years ago to implement salad bars at all our schools. We have, over 350 salad bars in our district that showcase a variety of fruits and vegetables every day from the children. 
um, reds, greens, starchy legumes. Um, we have it all for the kids. And we just feel that, um, you know, healthy food makes successful students. And we believe in making sure that children are educated about the whole plate or the my plate, if you will, not just the center of the plate, which everyone seems to focus on, but everything from the grain to the protein, the fruit, the vegetable, and the dairy. Uh, we've been blessed with some very creative thinkers in our district who have allowed us to think outside the box. And in order to support our farm to school program, we needed committed staff to do that. And several years ago, we hired farm to school specialists uh, Janelle is our current farm to school specialist, and I would say our best uh, so far, <laughs> and we're really glad to have her. But we found that to make fruits and vegetables a key platform of our program, we had to let children know why it was important to eat them, where they got them from. We believe in sourcing local as much as we can. We have a harvest of the month program. Uh, every Wednesday that sometimes we buy the whole farm here of San Diego. Could be pluots, kumquats, avocados. Um, the bottom line is we, we believe in California food for California kids. Um, and fruits and vegetables, we're blessed to live in California where we have a, you know, just a vast array available to us. And we go out and we find the very best we can for the children. Janelle, let's bring you in. Uh, tell us a little bit about your role and how you engage with the students and how you engage uh, with the community. So um, my background um, is actually in clinical nutrition. I went to UC Davis for that. Um, and being in the clinical side um, during my studies, I found out that I didn't really like the clinical side of nutrition. I really wanted to be out there um, doing more preventive health with students. Um, and so with that, instead of pursuing something like dietetics, like most of my peers did in Davis, after graduation, I pursued something called Food Corps. It's an AmeriCorps program where I got to be a nutrition and garden educator. I did that up in Oakland for about a year, and I kind of fell in love with school gardens and oh. child nutrition programming. Um, Food Corps is the one who connected me with um, San Diego Unified program. Um, and that's how I kind of got um, reeled into San Diego Unified and, and you know, all things um, farm to school at this larger scale. And it's been really fun. I've been here now four full years. I'm going into my fifth year this school year with them. Um, I also pursued public health going in with San Diego Unified. So I love the job so much. I wanted to stick around San Diego. So I, I pursued my, my graduate degree in public health so I could learn more about program planning and grant writing um, so I can further expand San Diego Unified's Farm to School programming. So Farm to School um, encompasses three components, local procurement, which Fred just talked a lot about, bringing in those fresh fruits and vegetables into our school cafeteria. Um, but a big role of that is we could put it in our cafeteria as much as we want, but if the students aren't taking it, the parents aren't taking it, teachers and faculty aren't advocating for us, then no one's eating it. And so what's the point in that? So the other two components of Farms to School is nutrition education. So I use nutrition education as a big platform to promote our school food. So things like Eat the Rainbow is one of my lessons. I, I parallel that lesson with the salad bar and encourage students to um take from the salad bar, dress up their burger, their hot dogs, their quesadilla, whatever it is, and utilize the salad bar as a tool 
Um, and then uh, another component of um, Farm to School, the third one is school gardens. So really trying to connect school garden lessons um, with the cafeteria as well. So we have programs in place to help um, very seasoned school gardens um, connect with us in a, in a larger level. Um, now, most of the time when I first stepped into this role, I found that school, school nutrition education and school gardens um, didn't really work that all together that much or with the cafeteria that much. There was a big um, kind of, you know, don't ask, don't tell, like my, my school gar garden carrots are better than the cafeteria carrots, but I really try to bridge that gap um, working with school garden organizations to help them, you know, invite them into the cafeteria, try our salad bar, again, paralleling my, paralleling my nutrition education with um, the things on our menu. Wow, there's so much in there I want to ask you about. Um, <laughs> with the, so with the nutrition uh, education, do you do that in the classroom? You go in the classroom and is that a topic? How does that work? Yeah, we're, we're such a large district. Um, Fred went over those demographics earlier and he's constantly telling me, how can I scale up my programming? Um, it did you can't be everywhere. <laughs> can't be everywhere. No, definitely not with 200 school sites, one person. Um, so with nutrition education, it started out with a program called um, Day of Nutrition Ed, and it would be me visiting classroom by classroom. Um, I got more comfortable um, public speaking with my classroom students, and so I kind of altered that into assemblies. Now, when COVID oh. happened, definitely don't want to be doing assemblies with a bunch of students right. in one auditorium. Um, but then the beauty of Zoom came in, um, and I was able to um, kind of transition my assemblies into a Zoom format um, and have, you know, up to four, four to 500 students at a time on Zoom learning about nutrition together, um, either in like 60-minute formats for a full nutrition, full-fledged nutrition assembly lesson, or I've been st starting to break it up because I know teachers, they have so much on their plate, especially now. Um, then before COVID and now after COVID, especially so much on their plate. So I've been breaking up to like 30, even 15 minute lessons that they can tune in on um, either virtually live or even the recorded version. Um, so they can learn things. Um, specifically, I teach about um, our Harvest of the Month program, which is like our biggest local procurement program in the cafeteria, where it's like a new fruit featured each month in the cafeteria. And so each month the students will learn um, about the new fruit. Fred might pull it up. Do we have one? Probably, I probably ate it earlier. <laughs> the summertime harvest of the month was um, was a peach, which is which was what Fred's holding up right now. Peaches and nectarines. But um, next week I'm doing a virtual class all about plums, and so that'll be my first one for the school year. I saw some videos on your website that had the harvest of the month videos, and they, they were amazing. They showed uh, out on the farm and talked to the growers, and then talked to the students. And did you do those videos? Those were great. Yeah, it was my predecessors. It started out with former farm to school specialists. Um, they were able to connect with those farmers and then um, go out and visit those farm sites and take those take those videos. And we call them our virtual field trips. Um, so we started virtual field trips like way before COVID. Uh, encouraged teachers to kind of watch them, um, you know, during class, maybe while they're eating breakfast in the classroom, um, right before lunch is always a great time to watch it. But you know, um, I think once again, with COVID and Zoom and the virtual world becoming more of a tool um, in education, it's definitely revamped those views on our YouTube page to use and utilize those um, virtual field trips on our YouTube. And we've created more of them um, and continue to create more of them. We have food court service members right now, um, and we always tell them too. again, that's an, one way we can scale up our programming is through these videos. 
And, you know, Bonnie, I want to jump in on that one a little bit because um, that's part of our scalability factor. Mm -hmm. You know, how do we reach 100,000 students in over 220 locations, um, you know, to get this information to them? And so we obviously couldn't take them all to the farm. (laughs) (laughs) There's no transportation and the farms aren't big enough. Um, San Diego has a very you know, mountainous landscape. So the farms are actually pretty small. And that's why sometimes we end up buying the farmer's entire crop of fruit for the children in San Diego. But the education component of showing these videos, we show them a lot before before school in our Breakfast in the Class program. Because children, and, and believe it or not, even adults sometimes don't know what a kumquat is or a pluot. Or, and if they don't know what it is, they won't eat it. Um, they'll go exactly. right to what they know. Um, and that's what we found with kids. So it's been when we are able to show the videos to the children, the teachers, the parents, they get engaged in the fruits and vegetables. And technology has allowed us to do that because there are digital platforms in every classroom mm-hmm. that they use to teach children, you know, your general subjects, math, science, all that kind of stuff. We have... Um, uh, what would you call? We've kind of stole them a little bit in the morning and we put our videos on them. And then we find when the children go down to the salad bars, if they've watched the videos uh, for lunch, then they really want to try what they just saw uh, in the video um, in terms of fruits and vegetables in our harvest of the month. That's so smart. What about the the uh, garden program? Tell me a little bit about what you're able to do as far as having school gardens. Yeah. So again, um, we have about we have three garden programs that um, very seasoned school gardens can get um, connected in with us. We have a garden to cafe program. That's one cafe to compost and a youth garden stand program. Um, and I'll start off with the garden to cafe program. But this is essentially allows school garden produce to be served on the school salad bar, for example. So this is a great way for students to really see where their food's coming from and then putting into fruition, seeing it on the salad bar, being prepared, being eaten by their peers and everything. We've had this program in place for a few years now. Um, It definitely took a pause during COVID when school gardens had to close down. Um, Parents couldn't come volunteer on school gardens anymore. And we didn't have the salad bar vehicle um, in our cafeterias. Um, This year, we're super excited. Salad bars are back. Um, parents are allowed back on campus to help out with the school garden, which is an important factor is having that parent involvement and community involvement in your school garden. Um, and a new thing this school year, too, is that we're actually going to start purchasing that produce from the school gardens. That way we kind of give and take um, and we can help support the funding around school gardens as well in our district. Um, and and yeah. how, do, um, how do the kids feel about gardening? Is this something new and different for them? And are, are some of them really into it? Or what, what's the response of the children? Oh, gosh. Yeah. I mean, being in San Diego, we have year-round weather for great gardening. Um, it's really awesome to see the students kind of get their hands in the dirt, really make those connections of these you know, the things that they see, the carrots, the romaine, the tomatoes. Um, and again, I, I always try to partner with school garden organizations, be like, hey, like we serve those same things on the salad bar. Come in, come taste, come compare and contrast even, uh, or come serve your fellow peers with the things that you you grew yourself. So it's really exciting for to see students um, make those connections. I love um, visiting school gardens. I, I'm not in the gardens myself per se, but I partner with a lot of educators in the gardens and um, they tell me what an impact it is to, for students to taste something fresh, like a fresh broccoli, right? It's like straight from the stem, you break it off and 
so different than um, than something you buy from the store. So um, just that factor has just been really incredible, having their hands in the dirt, especially with technology these days. You want that kind of um, time outside and time to get dirty and hands-on learning. Yeah. And you know, Bonnie, um, you know, a lot of our kids, people don't realize that 60% of the children in San Diego qualify for free or reduced meals. And, and this year, everyone actually... Uh, can eat free of charge due to universal meals in California. Mm-hmm. But there, when you know, when I was out and, and go out, you know, you ask children where their food comes from, and the first thing they say is the store, right, um, or the refrigerator, well, right? <laughs> or the refrigerator, and it doesn't. And you know, we've had, you know, technology and education. A lot of kids, even a lot of our own employees have never seen some of the things that we're serving to children. And the goal is not to try to serve the most kumquats or pluots in the world. It's not to set the record on that. It's to educate children about the different uh, opportunities of fresh produce in California and how important that, um, and you know, as you get older, uh, you've got to cut down on the fatty food and any, you know, two thirds of your plate needs to be fruits and vegetables. So. We're trying to we're trying to teach them at a young age um, some lifelong good eating habits, and you know J- Janelle mentioned um, he was able to get to four to five six hundred students via Zoom. You know the digital platform has allowed us it, it forced us to change, yeah. right? Um, it forced us to change, and the change we will take the good parts of that change and we'll utilize it in our organization to scale and reach as many of our stakeholders who are principals, children, parents, community advocates, politicians, um, the industry, the produce industry. You know, I just got back from a big conference in Monterey and, and most people don't in your, I, I don't know if you're in the produce industry, but they don't know what schools do. And, and now they have a better understanding. Mm-hmm, exactly. And this is part of the Fresh Fruit and Vegetable Program, right? Can you tell us what that is and what it does for your program? And do you get some funding from the government on that for this? Are you, are you talking about universal free meals? Yeah. Well, uh, this year, um, California um, statewide has funded universal uh, free meals, which means free breakfast and free lunch for every child in California, regardless of income. Um, so it used to be that you'd have to qualify for free or reduced meals. Uh, no longer. So we are in the business of feeding um, great, healthy, local food to children that they'll eat at no cost. And that they'll eat is important um, because if they don't eat it, obviously there's no nutrition. But um, as as an industry of K-12 food and nutrition providers, we have been asking for universal free meals for over a decade. And it is now here. And it's very exciting. And now our mission is to let everybody know it's here <laughs> and to tell the moms and dads and grandmas and grandpas that you don't need to make uh, breakfast or lunch anymore for your children. Just send them to school and I promise you we'll take good care of them. Um, but it's going to take a little while to get that message out. But it's really it's really exciting for uh, for the children uh, and their families. You know, with food prices, you know that produce 
fruits and vegetables uh, are expensive now. I mean, go to the store, this apple is $1.40. Um, well, we try to build a whole meal for $1.40. That's all five components. Yeah. So it's a, I believe it's going to be a great opportunity, a great benefit for lots of families out there to count on us uh, to feed their children healthy meals, focusing on my plate. And a big part of that is fruits and vegetables. This season, we are focusing on nutrition and the role that produce plays. Thank you to our sponsor, Conscious Foods from Pairwise. Driven by the belief that healthy foods should be consistently fresh, delicious, and convenient, Conscious Foods is a flagship brand under Pairwise, a mission-driven company that is building a healthier world through better fruits and vegetables. Pairwise uses gene editing to accelerate innovations in consumer foods with a focus on produce. To find out more, go to ConsciousFoods.net or Pairwise.com. Looking at partnering with the growers and, and working with the produce industry and the, the growers, and, and like you said, sometimes you take the whole farm. So what has that been like and what, what's been the, some of the challenges partnering with the produce industry and how's that been? Well, let me take that one, Janelle. Yeah, for you, sure. I'll, I'll take it way back and then you can maybe jump in as we're in today. Yeah. Um, it's, it's been difficult. Um, mm-hmm. We, you know, schools, um, again, I, I didn't come from schools. I came from hotels, restaurants, where fresh product and, and produce and fruits and vegetables were the norm. Um, they weren't the norm in school, right. um, but they are now. In the beginning, we tried to go to farms ourselves. We tried to deal directly with farmers. Um, we tried to, you know, take out the middleman or the distributors, if you will. We found that very difficult um, for lots of reasons, but one of them was, first of all, is food safety. Uh, okay. uh, that's our number one priority with children, um, making sure that anyone we work with has the proper credentials you know, gap certification, insurance, uh, safe handling practices. We also look into how they treat their employees. Um, do they have equitable uh, employee policies? But to make a long story short, Bonnie, we um, we had to switch from that model. And what we did is we included in our produce contracts a section that if you want to do business with San Diego Unified, that you'd have, have to help us source local California product for our program. And if you weren't willing to do that, then you couldn't bid on the entirety of our program. That was a game changer uh, for us because it it gave the experts of who deal with the Taylor Farms, um, all the people that we just saw up in Monterey, it gave the wholesalers and distributors uh, the ability to go talk to people on our behalf. And we gave them parameters, like what are 25 miles, 50 miles, 100 miles. Uh, and then the state of California is kind of how we define different variations of local. But that was, that was the big um, game changer when a district of our size, we did two things. We hired people to specifically go out and, and develop a farm to school program. And then we partnered with our partners to help us source, implement, and provide these in the volume that we needed um, 
to the children of San Diego. And it, it was new and it was innovative. And it, it was really a take on retail. Um, but uh, I don't think the produce companies really knew. I still don't think they understand how many children that we as a country feed a day um, in an aggregate. Um, you know, here we are doing 150,000 meals a day, and New York City's doing 1.5 million wow. a day. Well, that's a lot of business for produce folks. Yeah, no kidding. Yeah, that was our message uh, to them at the IFPA. You know, hey, don't forget about, about us here. And by the way, we have your future customers. Exactly. I was going to say have. you're building lifelong <laughs> loyalty there and, and uh, interest in produce. So that that's an important part as well. But, you know, Janelle could tell, she could probably tell you how support has come. Now there's, I mean, there's the California Farm to School Coalition. There's the national. Tomorrow we're talking with the gentleman who's just taking over for the national Farm to School program. You know, the government has stepped in and helped us. Not just us, but any school that wants to participate in this type of program, providing local fruits and vegetables. Uh, so now it's uh, it's maturing, and now it's being funded also, which is critical. That is critical. So, what response, Janelle, have you seen from the community? Uh, you talked about teachers and parents getting involved, but how how has this changed the way maybe the kids eat at home, or, or how's the community responded? Yeah, um, being a district of our size, again, it's it's so difficult for me, being one person, to be out at all the school sites. Um, when I started about four years ago, I found that. Parents and, and students um, and teachers didn't even realize we have a salad bar, for example. And salad bar started back, what, in 2010 or something? Yeah, so, 12 years ago. Again, you know, <laughs> students and, again, students and teachers and students didn't realize these things were happening in the cafeteria. So for me, it was so important to really be out there, be boots on the ground in the field, doing these presentations, not just with our students, um, but even at parent assemblies and faculty oh. staff meetings. Um, to get them on our side, because again, one person can't do it all. So I'm just trying to get everyone on our team. So that's been in a big role um, and movement that I've been doing is trying to just get more folks on our side, tell them how to tell our story. Um, and then also through that, I've been gaining a lot of um, community partnerships, um, both locally, countywide, and even at the state level. Um, at, the, at the county level, we have um, a variety of local school garden organizations, and I directly work with them so that they can get samples from our cafeteria so they can take the plum or the nectarine that we serve in the cafeteria and serve it in um, their school garden lesson, for example. Um, and then maybe they have a, a tree or they could um, make a, a plant lesson around it and then taste it and then they make that seed in the cafeteria. So I'm partnering with um, local school garden organizations at the local level, at the county level here in San Diego, we even have a um, farm to school collective of other local um, school districts that are doing the whole farm to school movement. So we partner and talk among each other. Although it can be hard because we're such a large district. Sometimes we aren't really relevant compared to the smaller to middle, middle sized um, school district, but it's still great to be in that coalition with them. And then at the state level, we partner with the California Department of Food and Ag, CDFA. Um, we were one of the recipients um, last year of their big farm to school grant, um, which was able to help us fund a lot of our programming, again, to scale up. I've created a lot of more resources for teachers to use. Um, again, taking the fruit and the vegetables, 
that are served in the cafeteria and letting them use it in their lessons. Um, for example, through that big state grant, I purchased these taste kits. Teachers take these taste kits and they watch our videos. They taste the fruit inside their classrooms. Um, I've incorporated things like mindful eating and culinary classes into this. Um, again, giving these teachers easy resources so they can incorporate in their math lessons, in their English lessons and things like that. And it's been great to get that feedback from teachers. And so I'm going to continue expanding that with as more funding hopefully comes in with um, universal meals and um, with more partnerships and more grants. And, you know, Bonnie, I want to I want to put in a plug if I can. Um, so you hear Janelle quite often say one person, one person. Well, she really has five now, but um, <laughs> That's a common theme in school districts that we have one farm to school, one director, one marketing coordinator. One that that's not what we do. It, our our main mission is to feed children. We're operators, and we've been forced into some of these roles that that we're we're still learning. And what I'd like to say to the produce professionals out there is that we need your help. Um, we need everyone's help to get the message out that there's good work going on in school nutrition. It's not like it used to be. Um, you know, I was just on TV the other day, and every reporter came up and said, geez, Fred, this isn't like when I went to school. Yeah, we all <laughs> have go, kind yeah. of bad memories of, of our school cafeteria. <laughs> well, you know, for, your, for our produce partners out there, because our vendors are our partners, we can't do it without them. We, we don't grow much ourselves. We have gardens, but it doesn't come close to <laughs> what we need to uh, supply the children here. We need we need your help to help us educate um, the children and their parents about the importance of fruits and vegetables and that what we actually do. Um, the companies have that capability. They have departments that focus on doing that, and and we need their help. And what it would be it would be reciprocal that uh, the more we get children to eat fruits and vegetables, obviously the business opportunities would grow. Yeah. Uh, for our partners, um, so I want to throw that plug out. Um, we need we need everybody's help to help us get the message um, across that we're we're trying to change school food. You had mentioned earlier that you were at the conference in Monterey, and that was the IFPA Food Service Conference, and uh, it sounded like you got a great reception, and I'm sure this was the message that you put out there as well. So what was your experience there, and do you think it would be helpful to have more school food service people go to a conference like that? Um, I, I, the experience was extremely beneficial. Um, we got to talk to farmers. We've got to see product that we don't see every day that, that I haven't really seen since I've been a chef. We got to go to Taylor Farms and oh, actually did, okay. stand on their farm. Yeah. yeah. And we watched them uh, process spinach and romaine. And uh, we learned that uh, these salad blends and mixes and kits that we can use here just like you buy them at Costco or Whole Foods, we can use them to feed to the children in San Diego. Um, so I think from a educational side on my side as a food service director, uh, very beneficial. And I think that the chats that people from the produce side got to have with us um, on our needs, we're different than we're different than other industries. Our kitchens are very old in, in many cases. We don't have big processing equipment. We need things to be broken down for us. We can't take cases of honeydews and watermelons and 
first of all, our 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 staff is an older staff. They can't pick up 60-pound cases of watermelon. Oh, interesting. Uh, huh. And we don't have the ability to store it. Um, you know, most of our production kitchens, we have 20 of them that service 200-plus sites. We're built as regular schools to service just that site. And now we've turned them into little mini warehouses. So it's very important that the... Um, processors that we work with, the growers that we work with in the fruit and vegetable category, understand what K-12 needs. And it's not unique to us. Um, it's pretty much across the board that we don't have. You know, when I worked at Weston Hotel, in the one hotel, I had 10 walk-ins. <laughs> you know, you go to one of our production kitchens, which serves in sometimes 1,200 lunches in 12 minutes. Yeah. You don't do that anywhere, by the way. Um, and we have one walk-in. Wow. So it's very important that our produce partners understand what we need. And I was, it was very refreshing that they are going to, um, you know, the process model where they're, they're, they're actually Taylor Farms, for instance, I'll use it as an example, is really going towards having pre-processed salad kits, romaine, cabbage flaws, things like that. And that's what we need. And, and we told them that. That's great. So I have a last question for both of you. What do you think are three ways to get children to eat more produce? <laughs> hmm. Good question. <laughs> I mean, gosh. Um, I'll start. I'll you start. start. Yeah, I have a lot well, to say on so, that. So um, one is education. There is no doubt that children need to be educated about the importance mm -hmm. of my plate. And my plate is five components. It's not the big, giant, carne asada burrito in the middle of a plate, which we call center of the plate. But that's usually just meat and grain. We need to really continually um, push the message that, you know, two-thirds of your plate needs to be filled with fruits and vegetables. And we need to equate that to healthy lifestyle. And we need to make children, not make, but persuade children um, that it is in their self-interest to fuel their bodies with healthy food. So education is definitely one of them. Uh, we need to sell the sizzle. Selling the sizzle. Mm -hmm. We need to make fruits and vegetables look good, not just taste good. Um, the first thing you do when you walk up to a plate of food or a buffet is you look at it. You don't eat it, you look at it. And if it doesn't look good, chances are you won't be eating it. Um, so there, we need to sell the sizzle around fruits and vegetables and make them fun, tell stories of, you know, where kumquats come from. They're actually nature, I call them, the farmer told me this, it's on our video, they're, they're nature's sour gummy bears, right? And if you, <laughs> if you rub a kumquat in your hand, with the skin on, the oils come out, and then you pop it in your mouth, and it, it even tastes better. Um, so that's interaction with with the product, in this case, fruits and vegetables. And then we also need to um, give children input. Um, we need to go out, find out what they want, find out what they like, and then we need to give it to them. Um, um, and, and we need it from the kids, not just the parents. Um, uh-huh. You know, that, that's really important. That's a mission that we're going to have this year to do a lot of tastings, a lot of sampling, and try to get quantifiable data 
uh, that'll help us do recipe development down the line. And then as far as your produce partners go and technology, we need objective data and we need it in big numbers. So we need to know what the produce industry is seeing in trends um, as they're working to develop their future products so we can incorporate that. Um, we want to take things that children like and see in retail and bring it to a healthy version of it if needed to school. So, you know, those are a, a couple of the things, nutrition, sell the sizzle, good food, and ask them what they want and deliver. So I, I'm glad you went first, actually, because that kind of paints the picture um, of my three things. Which are I knew you were stumbling. No, <laughs> no, you started it off really well again, because then those three things paint the picture for just the hands-on experience that I have out there, because I'm out in the field a, a ton, and I'm with the students a ton, and parents and everyone, um, just hearing what they say, see, observing their reactions to the food. So, like like Fred said, the nutrition education is part of our marketing, right? Um, you know, that's so important. Like, I get when I walk into a classroom, I have like my older students asking me like, oh, are you vegan, Miss Janelle? Are you sugar-free, yada, yada? You're not gonna, you're gonna tell us to never eat hot Cheetos again or Takis or whatever their favorite <laughs> little junk snack is of, of, their, um, of their lives. And I tell them, look, it's about, you know, eating a balanced meal and just simply eating more fruits and vegetables. You could have your carne asada burrito, but you know, you gotta add some vegetables to it. You gotta, and these are the reasons why, um, I really try to hone in on why they have to eat fruits and vegetables, whether it's nutritional aspects, um, mainly the nutritional aspects, obviously, um, and how it can really make, again, this relates to the second um, point that Fred said, is how it can really sell the sizzle. It adds color, it adds flavor, and not just nutrition, but it really enhances the flavors in your food items. So um, selling the sizzle is an important part. I'm usually out there also doing cafeteria tastings um, with students and just you know, they come up to me and be like, oh, is today a special day? Why do we deserve um, someone tossing our salad for us today? I'm like, gosh, like, you, oh, we can't have this every day, but I'm glad that they take notice when I'm out there tossing our our packed salads. I'm out there tossing it for them. And it just changes the whole dynamic of a student wanting yeah. to try that salad versus when it's sitting there packed. But that one experience kind of just at least engages them for that moment. And then they're able to taste it and see if they want it in the future from the past version or from straight from the salad bar. But selling the sizzle is important. Definitely, um, you know, engaging with the students through events in the cafeteria. So a lot of our students, especially in the middle high schools, don't even come in the cafeteria. So inviting them in, showing them the things that are new, things that are um, colorful and tasty and things like that. And, you know, it's surprising to me. It's the best thing for me when I see somebody um, taste their kumquat for the first time and their eyes light up with the sourness and with that pleasant, oh, it gets sweeter after like two seconds. So that's always worth it for me um, to see students try these more unique fruits and vegetables or simply having their first salad experience at the salad bar. Um, what did you say what the third one was? Sell the sizzle and then? Oh, I need to give them what they want. Oh, yeah, giving them what they want. And that comes yeah. in with just, you know, doing observations and being in the cafeteria with them as they're eating the as they're eating the samples, as they're eating the entrees, as they're going through the salad bar. And I, I try to keep track of that and, um, you know, report that back to my team and Fred, obviously. Are there particular things that surprise you that they like and they don't like? Yeah, honestly. Like broccoli. Yeah. <laughs> it changes. I mean, they, they do or they don't like broccoli. Do. Yeah, yeah. Well, they do. Or chili lime seasoning. <laughs> we uh, yeah, so we 
we made our own chili lime seasoning. It was kind of a takeoff on tahini, but we made it low sodium um, and to, to meet the regulations. And by the way, there's nobody getting fat on school food. It's way too regulated. There are no fryers here. There are no, um, you know, wow. chemical additives. There's, we don't do that here. You, you, it is, you can't get fat on school food. The obesity problem is coming <laughs> from the outside. Um, so anyway, that wasn't the point. The, the, yeah. the point was our chili lime <laughs> seasoning was a great way to get kids to, um, you know, to take more fruits and vegetables. They, uh, in some cases, they took the top off the, <laughs> off the seasoning and dumped it on their tray, and then they'd start sneezing. <laughs> you know, take a whiff of tahini and see what happens. Um, but that was, you know, that's come, that's something we're always looking in new creative ways to, to you know, get children to come uh, try our fruits and vegetables and our salad bars. But, you know, I want to say something about technology, too, because, you know, basically we just covered a lot of boots on the ground. Um, here we are standing in front of kids, talking to them. That's boots, we call that boots on the ground. That is, uh, that takes a long time to get all those boots on the ground to talk to all those children with technology, with Facebook, Instagram, TikTok, um, all those platforms. We, you know what, we're, we need to be educated more on how to use them properly. We're learning, we're learning the hard way. We're trying to educate ourselves. But this is another thing the produce industry could do is help us develop messages that we can scale. Um, hey, tomorrow, we look for Miss Janelle at Point Loma. But while we're doing that, we could show what she's doing and, and have a little tagline that says, coming to a school near you, right? So not just Point Loma knows about what we're doing, but everyone says, oh, hey, they're going to be coming to me with that Mexican street corn, for instance. Mm -hmm. um, yeah. So technology for scalability has been, in my opinion, one of the pros of the pandemic. Um, what we do with it moving forward will define how we're able to reach children. And not only children, but employees. Uh -huh. It's also forced our employees to learn how to use email, to learn how to use um, you know, training systems that we are implementing to show videos of knife skills and proper food handling, customer service. Um, so they they've been forced to learn to you know fill out applications online um things that you may take for granted or me but we have an older workforce here um and a lot of them have been very shy to embrace technology and now i tell i tell our staff here bonnie that no more we owe it to our people to push them uh -huh. into the technology that is available to them because if we don't they won't be able to pay their electric bills. They won't be able to go to the DMV. They won't, I mean, you know what I'm saying? Um, exactly. So yeah, no, that's very I, true. I, I'm excited about technology, about social media, used in the right way, obviously. And you mm -hmm. know what? We haven't had too many, God, I, I can, I mean, very few bad experiences on social media, such as people posting lousy looking food or something like that. We've had very few of those. Oh, that's is, good. Yeah. yeah. It's a great way to, to reach a lot of people. Yeah. We have a big following on, on all our platforms of, um, 
especially Instagram, I would say, where I, that I'm the most active on that, doing the marketing with it. And we have a marketing specialist who helps me up with, and our team kind of promote all those um, aspects. And it's, it's a lot to teachers and parents, that platform. And then also like our vendors, obviously, too, so they can see what we're doing and see, you know, what, what our students are maybe looking for, for example, as Fred had mentioned. But I mean, Twitter is another big one. Facebook, our, our chef has a great TikTok of him making things back in the kitchen. I think a big one, too, that I find that students wanting, especially, is just that transparency of, like, is this pizza actually being made in the back house or is it, you know, prepackaged? And technology can be used to kind of give them that back of the house, um, you know, perspective and everything to show them that we are making things fresh and it's coming from this farm and here are your nutrition facts for the day, too. So, Again, yeah, technology has been a big one, especially at the district art size. I think it's gonna, it's helped me a ton in my nutrition education programming. You know, we've also started to put in digital menu boards, uh, just yeah. like you see at most quick service oh. restaurants. It takes us a little while. Uh -huh. It depends who's running the program, how, how innovative they are. Um, and it also depends on what resources we have available. Um, right now, uh, the government, the California government, the federal government, the USDA has really stepped up. And we thank them yeah. uh, for their support. Um, they have really stepped up with funding yeah. for school nutrition. And what we do with it, what, the, what this district does with it, what other districts in the country do with it, can redefine school nutrition for many, many years to come. That's how, much, that's how important it is what is going on right now, in my opinion. Well, that's a great place to stop. Thank you so much. I really appreciate both we your time. We for another couple hours. <laughs> I know. I would love to. We have to have you back for end of school. <laughs> Thank you. You've been listening to Fresh Takes on Tech, a podcast from the International Fresh Produce Association. Keep connected with us by subscribing to the show in your favorite podcast player. If you like what you've heard, please rate the show. That helps us keep delivering the latest on produce technology. Thank you for listening. Until next time.